on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. The thought of Google not launching more than one update at a time was proven wrong this week. What's in a name? That which we call an asset by any other name is still an ad extension. That's Shakespeare and Google Ads. <laughs> You're in for a real crappy show today, folks. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AKA Shep. I'm Jessica Lee Bud. And I'm Greg Fenn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on September 23rd, 2022. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another joyous and beautiful episode. <laughs> Greg Finn, what's new with you? Well, if anybody's a longtime listener, y'all know that. In the past, I've tried to come up with like really bad names for like children specifically, like bad children names. And I realized that I think my son has the good genes for coming up with bad kid names. And I can only remember two of them. I'll come back loaded with the clip fully loaded next week. But a couple that he came up with in a car ride home this week, the first one that was pretty bad was Wog. W-O-G, like a little kid comes out and is wog. So that's bad. Come here, little woggy. Yeah. Aw. But Made then he came up with another one that I was dying laughing at the time. When he came up with it, he's like, all right, I got another name. How about Smithley? Smithley. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you got to be careful. That probably is someone's name. That's like. That's good. It's kind of cute, yeah. but actually horrific. Yeah. So I'm going to try to get a lot more bad names out of them, and I'll bring them back here for you. Okay. Like Smith. Have them leave us a voicemail. I'd love to hear his little voice. Aww. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we had a big week here in Buffalo. Everyone is just so excited about the Buffalo Bills, and you guys know I always complain <laughs> about how it, like, overtakes my life. I didn't grow up here. I'm not, like, the biggest fan, but I support it for my husband, who is a season ticket holder. And this week, I was, like, home with the baby. He was at the game, and I put it on, and I was, like, genuinely trying but then at the end of the night i like look at my text threads and i'm just like sending him tiktoks during this like blowout like so exciting game about like why fan of the opera is being canceled on broadway so clearly it's just like not holding my attention was he as concerned about that as you were <laughs> no because we, do you remember the story back in the day about his, him and fan of the the opera he's super scared yeah as he a won't child. take because oh, he was scarred that's right and it's all about someone being like serenaded and her name is Christine, and I'll never see it because he's afraid. And it's now I lost canceled. my chance. I can't believe he's still afraid about that. I don't think he is. He's just like I mean, putting his feet Let's in the sand about it. Yeah, probably. What's I, new with you, Jess? I have something to be afraid of. Okay. I had an experience. I was, I have a two bay like junk sink in the basement next to the laundry, right? And I was rinsing out 
some underwear that my son pooped in in the Please one bag. Please don't talk what? about this today. <laughs> I know. We really shouldn't talk about poop. It's disgusting. Um, so anyway, so I was cleaning. I was pre-rinsing some laundry that had to go in. And I'm just in the sink in the one bay. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a giant black mass emerge from the drain in the other sink. It was a spider. <gasps> and I was alone in the basement. And I just went, whoa. Like it what scared me. Giant? Like like a Like a quarter. Oh, no. It was large and it was black, but it came out of it because I think they share like the same drain. So he was getting wet and he came out and it just it startled me to no end because nothing should come up from your drain. And then I had a little scrub daddy. I know you're a scrub daddy fan, chap, just like sitting there for use. And he just like chilled out on it. And I'm like, OK, buddy, you can stay. But it just in the moment was the scariest thing ever. So the people really want to know you lover of animals mm-hmm. of all kind. What did you do with this spider? I left him on the scrub daddy because I hear tell that they eat other bugs. So the spider is still in your house. Yes, but I looked for him the other day and I couldn't find him. So spiders kind of do that. Yeah, <laughs> but it just out of the drain. Like you don't expect that. And I made a sound. It was really embarrassing, but nobody heard it except all y'all. When you I just gotta did be it. like me, I just don't do basements. Policy: no basements. I don't have that luxury. <laughs> Somebody's gotta do it, chef. Speaking of luxury, we're excited to talk about how we're sponsored by Selzy again this week. Selzy is the email marketing platform that makes selling with emails as easy as one, two, three. Selzy is the perfect platform for small and medium businesses or solopreneurs because it's not overloaded with unnecessary features that you don't want to pay for and you don't have to rack your brains to get started. So it's just easy breezy email marketing no code, drag and drop, anyone can do this and you can create blocks for one email and then use them in future emails. It's super easy to just hit save and you can use it later. Um, I logged in, I was poking around and I was just shocked. I am not an email marketer, mostly PPC, and it was so easy to get the hang of this. So for just a one-time purchase of $49, you can get lifetime access to Selzy, including unlimited email sends up to 5,000 contacts, email signup forms to grow your audience, stickers, countdown timers, the works. It's really everything you need and nothing you don't, but please don't take our word for it. Visit selzy.marketingonclock.com or click the link in our description of this episode to claim that lifetime membership with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Yeah, and I am a coach for a soccer team and just doing it via Gmail, it was stressing me out trying to copy all these lists. I'm like, I'm going to buy Selzy $49 and I can use it for the rest of my child's coaching career mm-hmm. and I can just have it grouped and send nicely. I'm buying Selzy yep. for my emails for soccer. <laughs> you should. Why wouldn't I do that? Go I don't team. know. Tell marketing o'clock sent you. And that URL again is selzy.marketingoclock.com or if it's easier for you, just click the link in our description. Thank you, Selzy. Okay, and let's get into the news here. Google released an article, Google Ads, called New Tools to Create More Engaging Ads. What they should have called it was ad extensions are now called assets, and they'll have new reporting and be part of the campaign creation process. That's the news here. Good job. Um, So Google says ad extensions will now be called assets to better align with their evolved identity, which they like talked about, you know, a bunch of fluff earlier in the article. I there's a lot of good to get here to to get here to get to here. Why can't I speak today? But that name is so general. Like I call every part of my ad an asset. I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys. Like mm-hmm. when I'm talking about images or like headline descriptions, I just think of them all as assets. So this just is very confusing for me, and it's going to make talking to clients a little bit more difficult. Yeah, because this is like extra stuff. Yeah. So if it's just right. an asset, it's just in the mix now. 
that's what it means. Like it's going to be, be in an the mix. Yeah. yeah, and then I mean, layer that on with the fact that Performance Max calls them asset groups, and that has headlines, descriptions, images, oh. and then extensions. So in reality, is an asset group then headlines, descriptions, images, assets in your asset group? That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. And another point, when we talked last week or a couple weeks ago about that PMAX change where they can now, if you have final URL ex- expansion on, they can edit your assets, like override whatever you wrote. They said descriptions or other assets. Can't so are they, they talking about any part of your ad or descriptions and extensions? Mm-hmm. Can't Anything. somebody talk to us from Google over there before they do this? Like even with Performance Max, I think I feel like it's just Performance Max messing with everything. Even like the audience signal you have there. Don't say the word audience because it's not an audience. An audience is a very specific thing. And an audience signal is nothing. And like you have asset groups. <clears throat> with assets within them. But and then, then it's assets. Not an asset because it's a headline and a description and an asset is an extension. This is just going to make speaking really really difficult. And it's already difficult enough for me, as everyone listening to this show knows. We're going to call them extensions for like years, though. No one's going to turn that off. Well, I mean, Greg Finn's always about calling things the right name. We switched from AdWords to Google Ads overnight here. Google still hasn't made that change. That's one feature I have. (laughs) That's my only thing I got going. Accuracy? (laughs) It's not a bad thing. Okay, so when you set up a campaign, the feature formerly known as ad extensions will be part of the campaign creation process when you start from scratch. So it says, as you create assets and apply them to your campaign, the preview tool will automatically update so you can see them in the context of your ad. I do really love this because I am guilty of sometimes thinking of ad extensions as an afterthought, and they really, really shouldn't be. Like, site link extensions give you so much more real estate on the page. Like, you should be thinking of them as another part of your ad, an extension of your ad. So I love the idea of having it in the forefront there. That's definitely a welcome change for me. Um, It also says Google Ads will now recommend assets based on your chosen campaign goal. So if you've selected leads... As your objective, they'll automatically recommend that you add a lead form asset. That makes sense. Mm. Um, the assets page, which it, it used to be the extensions page, will provide reporting for all the assets across your account. You'll see headlines and descriptions in the asset table view, while the association table view will now show assets like images and prices. What? What? Yeah. I also, just a little tangent, I was working on updating ad extensions in one of my accounts with some people on our team this week. In the process, an ads editor of adding site link extensions is insane. Like you have to do it at the account level and then associate them and like a spreadsheet does not work. It's very stupid. I feel like we're being trolled. Like, like, <laughs> like we're in a simulation and somebody is just like, oh, you know what? If we could just get the first three letters to spell something and we have assets and association and then people have to do all this. And the all first three down. letters yeah. spell. Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then they're also adding a combination report where you kind of see your ads alongside your, your um, assets. So you can see how headlines and descriptions are performing with different assets in that ad group, which I love the idea of that, like big picture, but I just don't have high hopes that it's really going to be, I feel like it's going to be average, poor, or good, better, best or something Mm -hmm. and not super helpful. Shep, can you please refer to ads now as 
Asd. Did I say that? A S S D S. Well, it's hard when you can't speak and you never know if people are making fun of you. We always um, are. <laughs> this is rolling out over the next few weeks. I love everything about it for the most part, except for the name. But that's like a big thing. That's the biggest part of it, probably. And I'm worried the hype isn't going to live up to this story, but we'll see what happens. Greg, do you have news for us? Yes. Google has unleashed the fifth product reviews update live. The fifth Prue before the core update has been completed. And I'm going to rewind quick because this product review reviews update news was I saw it from Barry Schwartz. Obviously, that's where I see everything from. But it was on the 20th of September. And on the 19th of September, there was a post on Search Engine Roundtable from the one and only Barry Schwartz that says, Google doesn't want to overlap one large Google search algorithm update with another. Fast forward 24 hours. And the September core update is still live and the fifth Google product reviews update is now live as well. So everybody was like, let's wait. There's a product review update coming. I think Glenn Gabe said that. And then they just launched at the same time. And you know what? I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm fine with it because we asked for this. We <laughs> asked for this last year. Yeah. By whining oh, incessantly like pre-holiday. about holiday <clears throat> updates. So okay. what they did this year is they're like, let's get it out before the holiday season's here. And this is what you get for it. Now, I'll be mad if this same thing happens again mm -hmm. during Black Friday. But I think that this is sort of like a necessary evil. If we ask them not to do this for the holidays, it, they listened. You think they did it for us? I don't think it went over very well last year. Okay. I don't think that that's a, a very good look from a company that's once their motto was do, don't be evil and you're launching something that's make or break literally on Black Friday, like the week of Black Friday where that's when people make it to the black. Um, that's the name for that. So I think I think this is what you get. Hopefully we don't see anything during the holidays there. And of course, if you want to see some more information, Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter is the place to go. He's got his patented threads that should be read, earmuffs just, where it goes through and finds any major movement and kind of chronicles it and talks about what that site was. So if you're interested to see some of the sites that have been getting hit, um, I believe right now he's still reporting on the September update and then who's going to be able to see anything because there's two at once now. So we've got no charts at the moment, <laughs> but hopefully there'll be something that's... Those uh, are going to be some crazy charts. Yeah, it's the helpful content update followed by the September core update at the same time as the fifth brew. Hey, and Greg. Cease and desist. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and I also saw... From Peter Makovic at Inkovic, maybe Minkovic, I don't know. But he said, we saw pretty big gains all around. Whoa, swole, bro. <laughs> Looks to be a statewide thing. Some keywords jump from nowhere to page one in the section of the website where we have tech SEO issues, so completely unexpected. So seems like some people are seeing some good results from this already, even though um, 
they didn't have the best architecture there, but it's just going to make everything more difficult to figure out what happened. But as long as we don't have anything during the holiday season, I'm okay with it. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week is a response to a recent clip from Marketing Clock on Twitter. We are putting up some some clips, so please share them if you see them and like them. It was about performance men last week where Jess was dying laughing over the name P-Men. And Boris Beckerek, at Boris Beckerek on Twitter, responded with what he said a Google rep told him. And Boris said, a Google rep once told me it's called performance max and not control max. <laughs> Sassy. I know. What? <laughs> I mean, factually correct. Sassy. I just feel like I can feel like the hands clapping. I, I feel like the rep said Boris. that, yeah, yeah, several times. It's to called several. performance max, not control max. <laughs> now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. I see why am I, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I, people. Tom Meredith had a thread this week that's it, the first tweet says, tired of bops. Bots and click farmers ruining your lead gen campaigns in Google Performance Max. I think we've solved it. And there are some different insights in there. But Brad Geddes at BG Theory responded to the thread and said, nice, but my favorite anti-bot method works since 2005 is to add a hidden field in the form. The click bots fill it out, but the humans can't see it. If it's got info in it, it's a bot. That doesn't affect the user experience at all. This is genius. Galaxy brain thinking. I've never heard of such a thing and I need to try it. I love this idea. Maybe saving PMAX for the lead gen people. Thanks, Brad. And thank you, Selzy, for sponsoring today's show. I'm here to tell you something else about Selzy that I haven't gotten the chance to touch on yet. If you guys don't know yet, I don't know what you've been doing the past few weeks, but Selzy is a no-code email marketing service that makes selling with emails as easy as one, two, three, and they have amazing 24-7 support regardless of where you are in the world. So we always get stuck talking about the amazing $49 price for a lifetime membership and all the gifts and gifs and stickers and templates and those fun things. But you should also know that Selzy integrates with the other tools you need as a digital marketer like Facebook Ads Manager, WordPress, and Zapier. So you guys know how important it is that these tools work together. So that's a huge advantage of Selzy that it works with the other tools that you use. So if you want to learn more about all the reasons we love Selzy, visit selzy.marketingoclock.com com or click the link in our description to learn more about that $49 lifetime offer. That is S-E-L-Z-Y dot marketingoclock.com. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, YouTube has a new feature that will automatically reformat landscape video ads into square or vertical playback relative to how the user is consuming content. They say that machine learning will ensure that important elements show up properly centered in the reformatted video. This is a great idea. I 
is there a cool tool out there for like organic videos, just reformatting them for all the different platforms? Because if not, somebody should make that because we were talking about our clips earlier. It's really hard making them for everything. Tables knows. Okay, next up, Google is launching a pilot program to keep emails from political campaigns from going to user spam folders <laughs> this week. The company told Axios, no, thank you. So I guess this is the result of politicians claiming that some emails from certain political parties were marked as spam more than other political parties. Either way, you might see these wonderful political emails in your inbox soon. This is so unfair. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like the email marketers, like you should be using Selzy who are working for politicians like they have it so much easier than everyone else it's not going to go to spam yeah you're yeah. just like oh yeah it's just going to go right into the inbox forget the promotions forget spam it's not fair who do we call about this you need you're to put politicians all right I'll send call an your email. senator probably go to their spam though <laughs> oh from a concerned citizen Another concerned citizen, Nicole Farley from Search Engine Land, says that search advertising is thriving amid economic uncertainty. Search ad spend in the U.S. could hit almost $112 billion by 2023, nearly twice what was spent in 2019. And Greg Finn, I just have to know your thoughts on this beautiful chart. I am not a gigantic fan of this chart. I really like how the blue is just very level. Like, I, I dig that. Um, but it's kind of bland, you know? There's so much happening for me. There's too Where? much. And I think this is In what- In the chart? This is what like the update charts are gonna look like. We've got bar charts with mm. the lines. We're talking about search ad spending percentage change and the percentage of total media ad. Like just make different charts no, for that. No, 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 no. I'm not this all is, about combining look, all the charts. Look, I'm not. I take umbrage for you saying this is near- what Barry puts out. This is nowhere close to it. I didn't if say you that. you look at the blue line, it messes with your eyes. It's like one of those optical illusions. You look at it, it starts turning gray. It's a terrible chart. What? Yeah, if you close at... your eyes, does it go away? Like, keep your chart separate. Okay. It's a bad chart. Keep your charts to yourself. You called it beautiful. You didn't mean it. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> Someone who's not sarcastic this week, Melissa L. Mackey, Apple Beyond the Page. She says, okay, Google Ads, Ads Liaison, what gives with search terms? <laughs> I'm not seeing other search terms anymore, but the data doesn't match. This keyword shows 105 clicks in the last seven days, but when I look at the search terms for that keyword, it only shows 17 clicks total. What happened to the other 88 clicks? I feel like she's coming for the Salt Bay title a little bit. Maybe she I needs know. her well, own. She, she may, it's a great point. Yeah, she has a reason to be mad here. So Ginny replied and said, hi, Melissa, the total other search term line doesn't show when you apply a filter to that report. So I guess that's Ginny's answer about what's probably happening here, but I can't see if Melissa has a filter on, um, which is a really good ICYMI because I didn't know that. She then continues, search terms are reported when there's enough search volume. So in this case, 88 clicks came from low search volume queries. Okay. Um, the total ad group lines should match though. Cause she went on in her thread and said that the total ad group lines weren't matching between ad groups, but, but they should. Yeah. I didn't know that that other line disappeared when you had a filter on. So that's good to know. Okay. And we have a tweet from Darcy Burke at Darcy Burke. Um, he says, Jenny Marvin, if we moved our keyword targeting to all broad as time goes on, would you slowly add in exact match keywords for those terms that are performing the best? Or are you guys recommending 100% broad? 
P.S. The switch to broad has been phenomenal. Just looking to improve. I would love to know the industry. Yeah. Okay. Can I guess what the answer is to this? Yeah. I need more information to give you an answer. That's what the that's what the that's what the correct answer is. That's not what the answer is. Because if you have limited but like there's a lot of things that go into this. If you've got specific budget, if it's something that you need to rank really high for, if it's something where that's like a KPI, that you're there's lots of different variables that you need more information to answer correctly on this. It was there was enough information to answer apparently. No, there is not enough information. I'm telling you this. Well, there is an answer. Okay, I'm gonna read it to you. Great to hear, Jenny says. There is no need to add exact match back since you're already capturing those queries with broad match. Plus, with broad match, the system can look at additional signals for smart bidding op- optimization. I love Jenny. That answer is wrong. That answer is wrong. What if you have a very low budget and you need to show up for specific terms and you want to compete and you want to show up and have a certain impression share for that? You would need to add a stricter match type. Correct. Maybe move it to a different campaign, mm-hmm. something where it's your winning terms like like uh, Darcy had asked for, and it's something where you want to be much more competitive with it. If you're doing broad match, yeah, it takes a broad, you should be doing broad match, but you can't answer that question. So don't listen to that answer. Okay. From Jeremy Packy at Jeremy Packy on Twitter, some of these new user columns in Google Ads are helpful to see things at a glance. I don't think I was aware of all of these. So some examples are there's columns for ad strength details um, and then a bunch of number of. So number of eligible keywords, disapproved ads, eligible ads, eligible ad groups. Um, I feel like those are cool and it'll be nice to be able to use those for like custom columns and stuff too. So thank you, Jeremy. And from Corey Kohler at Corey K Media on Twitter. He says, hey, PPC chat and Google ads managers. Anyone else see anything like this? Huge spike in ad spending this week in most of my, in my most dialed in account. I look at the search terms report a lot in terms from outside the target location are showing up and shouldn't be. WTF. (laughs) I feel like there's something crazy going on in Google ads in general. Like I use a lot of target CPA and it's, I have very dialed in accounts that are a little bit all over the place right now, and I'm just hoping it calms down, but that doesn't sound good. And Mike Ryan, this one made me giggle. He said, is this new to Google ads? You're covering from a cold and feeling a bit out of it. Really second guessing myself. This is what I'm always saying, Mike Ryan. (laughs) Somebody needs to hear this. Don't second guess yourself. He says, my head feels like low key dolly zooming a low-key dolly zoom all morning. What is that? What does that mean? It's like, oh, I had to look it up. I always just assume everyone else knows what they're talking about, and I don't. It's like a cinematic thing when you zoom in. On a dolly? Yeah, the camera. Oh, uh, like the drug when they want to simulate drugs, right? It said it was supposed to look like a human seeing something. Oh, we're inside John Maybe Malkovich. Do I don't know her. <laughs> Um, anyway, table with drill downs. Tell me this is new and I haven't been suffering from UI blindness. This is new to me too. Um, so he's in like custom reports in Google ads and there's more drill downs. That's really, really neat. And then he said he got an answer from his team that it's been like a slow rollout. It seems like, and it was in some accounts and not others. Thanks for sharing Mike. Okay. This one is like kind of in the weeds, but, um, (laughs) 
Joe Schmo at the Joe Schmo on Twitter tweeted, correct me if I'm wrong, maximize conversion value does not necessarily prioritize high value conversions, simply tries to maximize maximize value. So it might be that five one X value conversions are easier for the system to get than one five X value conversions. So this is just um, two really Hmm. smart people going back and forth. Dario Zanoni replied, and I'm just going to read what everyone said. So he said, yep, that's tricky and might lead to unwanted results. I use micro conversions and assign them a value that is a fraction of the main conversion value. When conversion points are not aligned properly, the system will just focus on getting many low value micro conversions, ignoring the important main conversions. So Joe said, if I understand correctly, you are making the value differential between high value conversions and low value conversions large enough so that the system doesn't try to aggregate many low value instead of focusing on high value conversions. And Dario said, this is the end, everyone. <laughs> but this is super This insightful. is interesting. Yeah. yeah. He says, yes, that's correct. However, even if I set proper values, sometimes the system finds keywords that convert micro conversions at, every low C- at a very low CPA, but do not result in any main conversions. The system will then go after the many easy to get micro conversions, abandoning the important and more difficult keywords. This is like a big thing. I just feel like, yeah. This is really important. Though. I like to have one conversion action in the in the conversion column and like put everything else in secondary conversion so that it's just cleaner than this. And I think it's more of an e-com problem, mm-hmm. which I don't do, but I like to optimize for like MQLs so everything just lines up better. But one of them to your point though, even if you're using one main conversion action, you're tracking everything in mm-hmm. secondary and all conversions all the way down the funnel as well. You're mm-hmm. just not optimizing towards them. So just to give you credit, you do a great job. Um, I think this is fantastic. If you have a newsletter and it's worth five bucks to you, put it at 50 cents yeah, if you don't yeah. care for it or make it a secondary conversion. Like don't put the real value in because it's a lot easier to get $5 newsletter signups than a $50 lead submission form. Mm-hmm. And I'm just always worried ever since they said it that <clears throat> Google search thing last year that we need to like get ready to be using maximized conversion value. Like everyone needs to have a plan for it. So we need to figure it out. And I would joke around a lot. This is this is huge. Yeah, this is huge. The, your low conversion should be extra, extra, extra low. Do that now. Salt Bay herself, Julie Bacini said. Salt J. Yeah. What did I say? Salt, Salt Bay. Bay. Um, but I like that because that's where it started. Yeah. <laughs> At Neptune Moon is her Twitter account. If you're not already following her, what are you doing? She said, can someone explain to me how Google Ads thinks it's okay to spend over the daily budget on a single click in an automated bid strategy? <laughs> how is this happening? Am I the only, I'm not the only one, right? Um, Melissa L. Mackey, Beyond the Paid, responded, this happens frequently with automated bidding. I always set max CPC, but sometimes then high, val- high volume goes to nothing. There are cases where automated bidding goes wrong, and this sounds like one of them. Um, and Julie said it was like a low budget account. And this seems like a really big problem. I feel like eCPC is like your only option in those tight budgets. Hate to see it. This is where you lose all faith in a machine, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand you might get that conversion, but in this case, it was 39.62. And she didn't get a conversion. 
for one click. Yeah. So you're, what are you not going to show tomorrow to make it up for that? Or are you <laughs> going to be, you're going to be, if her budget was 30 for the day, you're going to spend 21 tomorrow? Yeah. That is stupid logic by Google. Andrew Hutchinson is alerting us to new collaborative ads from Meta Ads. So these can run on Facebook and Instagram and a, band, a brand can promote its products with the subsequent sales process, then redirect the person who clicked on the ad to a partner in the consumer's local region. Um, and this is aimed at grocery stores and restaurants. You could see like a Carvel cake or something click the ad and find a grocery store near you that sells it. But the example here is like takeout and it's called Little Lemon. And like, what is that? It's like maybe muscle pasta with like ground beef on top of it too. And is there lemons involved? It's spaghetti. And it's $18. Those are definitely like clams or oysters or something, right? It's a deconstructed meatball over clams. It really does not look appetizing to With me. noodles. And I don't like the thought that there's lemons in it. <laughs> or that it's $18 for a plate of noodles. The first subject that we have in line here on our Granic is a big email one. A new feature from Amazon may help sellers increase awareness sales and just get more product in boxes and out to their customers. This prime new feature is called Tailored Audiences. Amazon is currently testing tailored audiences in a beta program, and the company plans to make it available to all U.S. sellers in early 2023, though surprisingly, Hormel has been banned. According to Amazon, <laughs> for the first time, Hormel makes spam. I, I'm just no, reading ahead, and I'm just losing my mind. <laughs> Were you doing this while I was telling you some important PPC news? <laughs> no. According to Amazon, for the first time, sellers can now expand beyond brand followers when sending free marketing emails to reach their most loyal customers, such as repeat customers, recent customers, and high-spend customers. No word on targeting habitual, habitual add-to-carters like Christine Zernheld. Why you got to call me out? <laughs> Maybe you're uh, just on the couch without a credit card. <laughs> and from Amazon, Benjamin Hartman, the vice president of the North America Selling Partner Services, said brands are able to quickly acquire new customers in the Amazon store, but they expressed the need for improved tools to increase customer lifetime value. And these improvements help lock, unlock the value of remarketing as we further our commitment to helping sellers reach the right customer at the right time. This is super smart. It's free. It's coming out to everybody. I think the biggest thing here is it's free, but it probably won't be come 2025. It'll be another revenue opportunity for Amazon. I completely dig this. A little bit more about the program, the tailored audiences program. It allows sellers to monitor the impact of their email marketing campaigns and customer engagement with reporting metrics such as open rates, click-through rates, emails delivered, opt-out rates, sales, and conversion. All of these reports will be delivered via paparazzi-esque photo of your metrics dropped outside of your door and emailed to you. The tool will be available at no cost in Seller Central, Amazon's online portal for sellers. <laughs> and Amazon plans to enhance the message's design capabilities with custom HTML content and approved templates coming soon to help remarket and rekindle those relationships. 
Okay, Spotify is bringing audiobooks to the U.S. with a catalog of 300,000 plus titles. Hmm. Y'all auto audiobooks fans? Well, yeah. You heard, I have my poke holes in this that would change the world. Let's hear. I, well, I did it already. Yeah. This I want to read a book, but I want to be able to listen to a chapter in the car that like syncs up. I think they should bundle it together. They don't sell books, though. They're only audio. Well, Amazon has to do it. You should have included it in your previous story. Um, <laughs> well, Amazon would have to do something like buy Audible. That yeah, was your they, joke that you true. made when she... <laughs> Still works. <laughs> but I just think in general, if you're looking to invest in a platform that is not iTunes, Spotify is a very... They're, they're working hard to make, to keep people there. So mm-hmm. totally dig that. All right. And we've got a new little segment here within Organic called a short interlude. This is a long segment about YouTube shorts. Oh There's a God. lot going on. Neil. From the makers of an audio program for visual charts. <laughs> so first up, according to The Verge, in its ongoing battle with TikTok for vertical video supremacy, I didn't know they were in a battle. I thought it was a freaking trouncing. Who uses YouTube shorts? What does trouncing mean? Yeah. Um, YouTube is about to play its most valuable card. It's getting Is it a real word? Defeat heavily in a contest. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like some gladiator like stuff. Gladiator, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting ready to turn on aggressive monetization for shorts. It's short-form vertical video format and is promising to help millions make money on the platform. YouTube currently keeps 45% of all revenue generated by the creator's videos, and the creators get 55%. That's for the current uh, creators out there now. Um, is still just such like a cluster and one of the big problems is some of the metrics that are needed in order to get that. So if you wanted to be a YouTube partner, you needed to have at least 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of total watch time. And I think that's within a year period mm-hmm. if you wanted to be a partner. I believe that these are being slackened. They said it's going to be 1,000 subs and this seems like it's moved up. 1,000 subs and 10 million shorts views in 90 days can apply for this. But that's not like time. It's just views. Because that's the thing. Oh, yes. That time limit. Yeah, if you're pushing shorts, the time limit's stupid. Do they loop? And if it plays a few times, mm, do I they don't all count? watch shorts. It's, I don't it's not what I use YouTube for. They're out there, though. And I know YouTube they're out YouTube channels there. are just sticking them there, and nobody wants to see them. Well, I've got some more information on why it's getting better in a moment here. In the, the YouTube channel might be us. In the <laughs> short interlude That's section. fine. We're doing great. So anyway, our favorite, the king, the real king, forget sausage fingers, it's Neil Mohan, and he says, today we announced we're expanding our YouTube partner program, like I mentioned. Um, a new tier will bring fan funding features like Super Thanks, Super Chat, and memberships to smaller creators. There's going to be 10 different ways to monetize your shorts, and I don't know, whatever. They're trying to push shorts really big here. Um, one of the things that I thought is nice, it came from the Creators Insider. It's their weekly video that YouTube puts out. They talked about the fact that they're revamping the way that videos and shorts are shown when you get to a channel. So when you get to the YouTube channel page, you now see home and then you have a videos tab and then you have a shorts tab and then your playlist tab and community. So they're breaking up videos along with shorts. My big problem is 
the way that this is set up, it's almost that videos is for like original content. And then your shorts are for like clips. That's what I see mm -hmm. a lot of people using YouTube shorts for. is isn't like, hey, I made a TikTok. It's more like, here's a clip from my show mm -hmm. and not using it to go create unique stuff. But that's just some of the stuff I look at because I try to go to a channel and it's like, there's just clips of these shorts for a show that I already watched. You know what I mean? I'm looking to see if that new show is out there, but it's just all these clips of shorts. So now they're going to be in a different tab. It was what was announced by Creator Insider. I still think there's a fundamental problem with the fact of shorts in general with YouTube. Because I feel like yeah. content creators, are you going to make videos? Are you going to make shorts? And I just see a lot of people cutting from video into a short form little clip. Which I don't think is a bad thing, especially if it's going to be separated out. Because then if you want to like get a taste for what you're about to watch, that's nice. I don't think people should want to make TikToks on YouTube. So I think calling shorts out is a separate thing. If you're going to force feed it to us, at least have it segmented. I just, but people I don't know if there's a use to for it. TikTok but, right. to watch a, 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 a video show. Totally. No. Right. Nor should people really go to YouTube for the short. But if they're going to push it, I like that they're breaking it out. Because then I can see it if I want I or not. 100% agree. And then it doesn't just blow your entire feed up mm -hmm. and take over everything. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, if I were Neil Mohan, I would resign immediately, A. And B, I would make it so shorts are a very, very secondary to the original content. You're not a social site. Okay. You are the future of broadcast and you are forgetting about this. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Okay, and then if you click on a channel of a YouTuber from a YouTuber short, you will now go to that shorts tab in their channel. That's dumb. The short is like the promotional piece to get me to the channel to watch the long form. I'm with you. I'm with you. They have a huge problem mm -hmm. with trying to turn a video site into a social entertaining site. I don't understand it, but I'm not talking about it anymore. All right, from TechCrunch. You said that before, <laughs> then you started talking about it again. I could, I could have, I could talk about this for ten hours, Jess. Put it on YouTube. They love long form. I only have, I only have sixty seconds. Okay, <laughs> so YouTube is also encouraging creators to make shorts directly from replies. So if huh? you're a creator, you can now respond to somebody by hitting a little button that makes a short within this comment. So that will happen. I'm not sure exactly where that short goes. I hope that that short doesn't go to your shorts tab in your channel. With no because context? Because that should be a comment, but is a sh would it go there? Because it's technically a short that you created. I don't know, I don't get it. Huh. TikTok does it, and if you click on the comment, it takes you back to the original video. But could you see the, the comment somebody makes? Yeah. Okay, so maybe it's Maybe that. they'll do that. I don't oh, know. But this is a TikTok feature. The every, root of the problem. Every part of shorts is a TikTok feature. Just wait till we get to the social Except segment. Except for the part where people don't want it. Okay, well, that's enough about shorts. Let's pull out Are the... You're done talking about it? Yeah. I'm done talking <laughs> about it for now. No more about this dreaded platform. And we are going long, baby. And we're going to keep it here with YouTube. Because Neil Mohan has had a busy week. On Wednesday, YouTube's chief product officer was one of the tech execs that was called to testify before Congress about 
extremist content. He had four R's about removing and resurfacing and something. Did he wear pants? No, but the shot was so far out. I couldn't tell, so I'm just going <laughs> to... How did you even know it was him? It was so far out, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell. I'm used to the phone right next to his nose. And I just... I So what I did is I saw it there. I'm like, is that Neil? I just smushed my little face right up to the computer. Uh, did you pull a dress bud? I just did that and went full bud. And I'm like, oh, that's Neil. I feel bad for Neil. I don't. What He's ruining you too. Do you want me to keep talking about it? To this? Nobody's mom listens to this, but yours. <laughs> All right. And from The Verge and Mozilla really here, Mozilla did a report about the feedback buttons that you can click within YouTube. So you can click the not interested or the dislike or stop, stop recommending this channel. Um, the report was called, Does This Button Work? <laughs> By Mozilla. <laughs> That's the name of the file. And what do you think? Do you think it worked? No. Didn't no. work. Correct. Um, so even at their best, according to this study, they said these buttons still allow through more than half the recommendations similar to what a user said they weren't interested in, the report found. At the worst, the buttons barely made a dent in blocking similar videos. I'm not going to say it. But this is what you should be focusing on, YouTube. A better experience for people. Yeah. If you dislike something, if you say stop recommending this channel, maybe stop recommending it why have the button if it doesn't work that's just like exhausting it's just it's lying to people yes making them feel good though it's like the microsoft like they have a voice yeah the thing in microsoft advertising that's like remember my credentials for next time oh that thing oh, is a gosh. lie that's, don't get me started no, on that no oh i hit don't. it all the time so i'm like maybe every this, time maybe this and is you think it's time. gonna work it's maybe so rude this is the time. it's been oh, years years it's like memento. And then you just get there again and you're like, where what happened? Maybe it'll work. And we this time. still try. Every time. Sheep. Every time. We are sheep. All right. By way of Glenn Gabe, that's who I found this through. It's from Data Drive and You. And if you're looking to track downloads in GA4, I didn't know that you could do it this way with some events. It's called um, enhanced measurement. You need to click it on, and then you can tr capture things like scrolls, outbound clicks, site search, video engagement, and file downloads. And if you're in the B2B space, if you've got a lot of assets, um, you should go check it out and make sure you've got that download because apparently it's a better way to track. Also, there was a whole bunch of chatter this past week about people shutting down their websites in honor of the queen. Is she, um, is it, uh, is it over? Can people open their websites now on Friday here? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. People really close their websites. Well, that's what the chatter was. And John Mueller, I guess, made a joke about it or not a joke. I guess he wasn't, she was saying like something about why would you shut it down or something, whatever. But he followed up and said, I wasn't completely serious when I posted this last week, but some websites are apparently really closing for a few days. If a site you care professionally or just because you care about is currently closed down, here are five things to check. And he went on to make an awesome thread if you do have that. And I made a joke. I forget exactly what I said. I said, I think shutting down your website. Closing your website for a few days is a royally bad idea. <laughs> and Barry Schwartz is like, well, there's actually holidays. And I'm like, all right, I get it. So if you have for holidays, for your religion, for your servitude to the queen, John Mueller's got you covered with a, a yeah. fantastic Can't you just thread. like add a banner like we're closed for a few days or something? I don't mm -hmm. know. Or just say shipping later. Yeah. yeah. We'll respond to you in four days. Yeah. Whatever. You should read John's thread. 
All right. Great and- SEO joke <laughs> in his uh, Twitter handle there. That's a new one. All right. And for lastly here, Search Engine Land did a study about uh, if people are going to be returning to live events. And it seems like things are looking brighter for 2023. About twice as many respondents were extremely likely rather than extremely unlikely to attend first-person events in the first half of 2023. And it also seems that for the second half, 80% seems like it were extremely likely to go to events. So um, 40% were likely or highly unlikely or highly likely. Sorry. So Depends who's going. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, and then there was also, it seems like people didn't care too much about vaccination requirements. It seemed like people favored a little bit more that way, but anyway, it seems like there might be, um, live events coming back here. So for all your marketing needs, it's not really digital there, but yeah, might be coming soon. They should have surveyed people about like the food. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. It is. Important. It is. You need to know who's going. Yeah. What's the food? What shoes are people wearing? That's what matters. No. No shoes. No shoes. Yeah. All right. That's it in organic. What's happening in social mode? All right. First up in social this week from TechCrunch, Facebook debuts a Reels API for sharing from third-party apps. With this feature, users can use a third-party app to post Reels and post to a page that they're an admin of. This could be useful for like video editing apps, social media management tools, etc. The article does note, though, that the API doesn't allow apps to post Reels to groups or individual users, so strictly a pages thing for now. And Alessandro Paluzzi is always finding things. The first from him this week, he says, Instagram is working on nudity protection for chats. And then he uses the eyes emoji. Technology on your device covers photos that may contain nudity in chats. Instagram can't access photos. So basically, if you're taking photos for your significant other and then you're DMing your mother, they won't be an option is what I gather. So thank God. (laughs) What photos are you taking? (laughs) I mean, I'm not. Nudity protection sounds like the guy from Arrested Development in his denim shorts. You guys don't watch? No. Somebody will know. Flesh-colored denim or? No, they make up this fake thing where he's a never nude apparently. So he's like always wearing jean shorts under all of his clothes and in the shower. shower. You have to watch the show. I need you to be completely undressed. I am completely undressed. I feel like I would like it. That's kind of funny. Okay. (laughs) Alessandra also spotted something else that is pretty valuable, though I think some Twitter comments beg to differ. He said Instagram is also working on the ability to add a button to post, so basically a CTA to your posts. I think that that's great. The disagreement comes from CeeLo Zaga. Apparently CeeLo Green was taken. He (laughs) says Instagram is becoming a Facebook 2 that nobody asked for. But IMO Facebook 1 isn't Facebook 1 anymore, so somebody's got to be. Give me a CTA button on my post. That's great. Isn't nudity protection like a modern digital chastity belt? That's what the never nude is. Oh, okay. Kind of. Well, a chastity belt means you can't consummate the marriage. I don't because think jeans can stop you from that. You just take them off. Isn't it though so you can't get nude? Because you have jeans on? You, you ought to ask what's wrong with a lot of people because according to Pew Research, today, half of U.S. adults get news at least sometimes <laughs> from social media. <laughs> They get their nudes from social media. (laughs) Not Instagram. (laughs) I was 
dwelling on the fact that this is a, a wild exact quote, at least sometimes. Anyway, that's funnier. Um, I get my nudes from that lemon pasta place. <laughs> $18. O O D S. We should have been grateful they didn't use Jasper's Market. Nobody well, even talked that about it. That would have made it better. You're right. Do we care We're about not this? Closing. I don't know. <laughs> Jasper's Market? Yeah, what if they're they closed down, down because of the Queen's funeral? Uh, well, they should be back now. Yeah. It's time. Talk to John. Uh, my goodness. Anyway, news consumption on social media, U.S. Americans, they're using it. But I will say that the percentage of people that are getting news, quote, often from socials on the decline, which is probably a good thing with the rise of TikTok, because our next story, which came to us by way of BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe, it's from CNN. TikTok search engine repeatedly delivers misinformation to its younger users. TikTok repeatedly delivered videos containing false claims in the first 20 results, often within the first five. And Google provided higher quality and less polarizing results. So from the article, apparently when a TikTok user searches the social media app for information on top news stories, this is ranging from things from Bruno 19 and vaccinations to school shootings, nearly 20% of the videos presented in the search results contain misinformation. That is according to a research report. The article's from CNN, but the research report was published by NewsGuard. So, sheesh. You know what else is funny? You're going to bring up nudes? Andrelizo Pelosi <laughs> broke the story about nudity protection. <laughs> but he's nude in his avatar. He is. He's nude. Not completely. Does he still have a mask on? Yes, he still has a mask on. Yeah. I feel like a mask doesn't count towards your nudity. It shouldn't. You're just Do protecting socks? those around you. Do socks count towards so- nudity? I don't count also socks towards those nudity, you. no. No. What about hats? It does not count towards nudity. Okay. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that, you know what? You heard it here first. It's an important call out. <sighs> if you want to find your misinformation more easily, apparently TikTok is also making the search box more prominent when you're scrolling your FYP, what's that for you? Yeah. Page. Thank you, Shep. On a lighter TikTok note, the platform is partnering with Penguin Random House, which when I was a kid, I think they were separate things, uh, to let users tag books in their clips. Are those like Batman villains? What? <laughs> no, Penguin's like the cute little, whatever. It's a book publisher, right? So book talk is a thing, I guess. It's very wholesome. Mm-hmm. So if you tag a book, the link will refer your viewers to a dedicated page with details about that title, including a brief summary and a collection of other TikTok clips that have linked to the same. So could be interesting for discovery. Yeah, I follow like Creepy Book Club. This will be great for you then as mm-hmm. a user. Love to see it. On to a different book. Meta announced a range of new creator-focused updates for Facebook pages, including new endorsement notifications to support fellow creators, new templates to help recognize top fans, restricted posts for subscribers, and testing new composer selector option in the navigation bar. So cool things there. From another book to another gram, Telegram has got some new features for premium subscribers. They have infinite custom emoji reactions. And if you're just a regular subscriber, you're not premium, you can choose from dozens. So that's exciting for you. I don't buy infinite. That's a huge number. Yeah, well, you're limited to the number of emojis that exist, so not aptly named. False advertising. Yeah. A lot. You can have a lot more than dozens, I guess. Animated emojis as a status, and they're also rolling out refreshed username links and a better login flow for folks that are frequently logging in and out, so that's very exciting for you. Like me and Microsoft Advertising. (laughs) 
We need a better login flow for that. And I will infinitely react. Um, up next, sorry, Snapchat Plus users. There is no more exclusive web-based experience for you. The platform announced that they are rolling out that web version to all users. But I think the selling point of Snapchat Plus, they specifically said you'll get new features first, not forever, just for you. So I guess that's fair. They're also adding chat shortcuts, question stickers, and lock screen widgets. Such excitement. Oh. This I like from social media today. LinkedIn is decluttering your messages with a new focused inbox UI, which will essentially reroute less valuable messages to an other tab in your LinkedIn message stream. So you'll have basically your inbox and then your other, um, or focused and other, I think is what they're calling it. And Andrew Hutchinson is asking the really hard questions like, other could just as easily be labeled as spam. What'll happen to LinkedIn's sponsored in-mails in the separation? How long do you think before Gmail gets through here and is getting those politician emails right to the focused inbox? Right to the focus. Anything paid for is going right to the focus or lobbied for. Okay. I don't know who needs to hear this, but Twitter has a toolbox hub, which highlights officially endorsed third-party tools. I don't know about that. Maybe you already did if you're a power user, but the news here is that the bird has added two new tools to said box, thread start and typefully. They're basically both the same thing, just different interfaces. They let you just say what you need to say and then helps you break it up into threads, which could be really cool, to be honest. Love to see it. And lastly, here in social from Financial Times, photo sharing app Be Real is exploring the addition of in-app payments for extra features to avoid Instagram-style advertising. Maybe. Um, they said it isn't completely ruled out. They are exploring the option, though, of like a premium version. So it sounds like maybe premium versus ad supported will be your options. But um, nothing is likely to launch before the second half of next year. So really no idea. But if you're a big Be Real fan, just know that some changes will be coming at some point And we'll let you know. All right. And on to our segment segments this week. And first up, we have a new segment called Math Guys. <laughs> All right. Jess, Jeff, oh, no. you're the math guys. No, I'm not. I'm going to read a title here, and you tell me which one you like better as a mathematician. Okay. The story is from CNBC, and it's called How Tumblr Went from a $1 billion Yahoo Payday to a $3 million Fire Sale. Math guys, bigger, $1 billion or $3 million? Well, if it's a fire sale, you went backwards, right? <laughs> One billion's bigger. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was math, guys. You make me question everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got another new segment here called Reach for the Moon. Even if you miss, you'll be able to look for new projects and opportunities at Google. Google is canceling half of the product projects in its internal R&D group, Area 120. If you recall, Googlers had like 20% of their time to go work on moonshots, that's where Gmail came from, Google News, a whole bunch of other things came from sort of these moonshot ideas. And if you recall, a few weeks back, they said we need to get about 20% more efficient. Weird. Hmm. And so uh, seven of the 14 projects that were currently being worked on in Area 120 were being cut down. So now there are only seven there. If you're on those projects, you were told that you need to find a new job within Google by the end of January or you'll be terminated. Oh, so Blood in the streets. we're not going for the moon anymore. And then there's also kind of sad because I'm, I root for Google. Obviously I'm in the front runner for Google fan of the year, mm -hmm. but the verge came out with an article that says it sure seems like Google is struggling to invent the future. And they talked about this in a nice breakdown talking about why they're looking for 
um, today, not necessarily tomorrow, and that future fruit, as The Verge called it. And then lastly here, talent pool-wise, I know that hiring has been tough for a lot of folks out there. If you are looking to bring some folks on, it seems like there are many cuts lately, and we'll just highlight a few of those in case you're looking to hire. Um, Gap is cutting 500 corporate jobs. Google, again, has alerted those employees for Area 51 about that. It also seems like there's going to be some more reductions there. It seems like that's where the signs are pointing. Can't say that for sure. It's just a lot of rumors about that. And then Meta is reorganizing departments and giving many of its uh, 83,000 staff a month to apply for different positions within the company. And then lastly, uh, Patreon is cutting their company workforce by 17%. So if you are looking for some folks out there, you know, maybe now's the time to recruit, especially if that's around you or you're in the same market as them. There's probably some great people that could use a job out there. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Okay, working hard for me this week is tables. We are finally able to put some more clips out on social and hopefully it really helps us expand our audience here. So thank you, tables. And follow, like, and subscribe. Like, and subscribe. Instagram, everywhere. All right, something working hard for me this week is one of our new hires, Maggie and Jill from the Agency Scoop podcast. People here know, like I know advertising i don't know like teams and structures and i'm just not good at that stuff and i frankly try not to do a ton of stuff that i'm really bad at and and it can be haphazard but maggie and jill and our team came together and found out like better ways and came up with a game plan that's so awesome like i wanted to actually cry when i saw it because like (laughs) i just didn't have this in me but they did and i think it's just a good example of hire people that are smarter than you and know different things than you and let them cook. Delicious. It's a basketball thing, a oh, football thing. I thought it was a food thing. No, it's like Cooking. Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> For me this week, we already talked about the queen. We did have a client come to us um, when she passed and said we need to pause ads until after the funeral. And so just a lesson to be sensitive to different markets that you might be advertising in and cultural events there. But hot tactical tip, It's a huge account where we pause those ads. And there were some campaigns targeting the UK that were active, some that were not. So we just used labels, added a temporarily paused label to those campaigns. Then we knew exactly what to turn back on when it was time. So just think of ways even for a minute to make your life easier with Google Ads and Microsoft and labels. And now for this week's Cool tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is a mouthful, but it'll make you less doubtful about the types of links on a page. It is the highlight, nofollow, slash, UGC, slash, sponsored links bookmarklet from Supple. It is an aptly named tool that makes checking links an absolute breeze. You just bookmark this baby whenever you want to check for nofollow, et cetera, links within a piece of content. You just click it and voila, their word, not mine. It color codes the links so you can easily see the different types of links that are on that page. It is that simple. And we'll have a visual if you are watching us on video. It's stupid easy. Again, that is highlight nofollow slash UGC slash sponsored links bookmarklet. We'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. 
Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Optimizer, and they have a blueprint to retain your winning edge in the area era of PPC, Google Ads, and automation. They have got a slew, 14 training videos and counting about PPC. I wish they had something about pronunciation, as you <laughs> clearly heard there. But there are a bunch of our power listeners here that are presenting. It's all free. You can register. There's Amalia Fowler, who's talking about managing people in PPC. There's Mike Ryan, who's talking about peak season recommendations for Performance Max. JSG is talking about Google Ads automation. Is it your friend or foe? And Azim is talking about providing the value of PPC into your overall marketing strategy. Timothy Jensen is talking about smart bidding for B2B campaigns. Ashwin is talking about ROI optimization for maximizing conversion value. And you should listen to his episode on Azim's podcast. It's fantastic about content. And lastly, Chris Ridley is talking about Performance Max, understanding, optimizing it. It's all free, not really an article, but you can't miss it. Thank you, Optimizer. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Greg, what will you be adding this week? Well, before we pack it in here, oh, pack, you said. Oh, the six pack for this week went five and one last week. Sorry, I didn't know Jimmy G was going to be in the game, or it might have been six and oh. I've got Houston plus three, Miami plus six, a no brainer, Denver plus one and a half, Cincy minus five, Tampa Bay minus one, and the Pats Ravens over 43.5. And tables, do you want to say take the Bills here? Bills minus six. What is your thoughts? I mean, they won 41 seven on Monday night. I'm taking Bills minus taking six. Taking the Bills. Okay, I'm on Miami, but that's fine. And my pick this week is going to be To Hell with the Devil by Striper. Okay, I like that title. It's actual like 80s, awful rock. Pump you up. Jess, do you have any sports? <laughs> no, but I got good tunes. Bathwater by No Doubt. It's a song about obsession and undying love. Nice. And I will be adding, we are recording on Wednesday, so it's that time of year for September by um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Also, happy anniversary. Thank you. Jess has the best anniversary ever because I love this song. 921. And thanks again to Selzy for sponsoring today's show. Selzy is a no-code, no-stress, and frankly, no-worries email marketing platform with their 60-day money-back guarantee. Also, there is literally no reason not to get started, even if you don't have a subscriber list yet. Selzy can help you with that too. You can also create re responsive sign-up forms to grow your audience right within the Selzy platform, and then surprise and delight those subscribers with beautiful, breathtaking emails. So to learn more about how you can get lifetime access to Selzy for just $49, again, that is not a month, not a year, that is $49 once, visit selzy.marketingoclock.com or click the link in our description for this episode. That is S-E-L-Z-Y.marketingoclock.com. Thank you, Selzy. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. 
Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. Today, we have everyone's favorite game. It's a draft. It's not everybody's favorite game. It's gonna be. Okay. I can't believe I'm saying this, but this one was my idea. I was just thinking about it yesterday when I couldn't sleep. I want to talk about the worst places in the world that you can be when nature calls. Um, I specifically am a lady, so all of my examples will be specifically for number one. And I am going to be specifically about poop. <laughs> Mine could go either way if we're all going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm going to side with Greg on that. I think this is all gonna be poop, fun. but it doesn't gross yeah. me out. Like I, I follow on Reddit. There's a subreddit called Poop Island, and I read it every time I want to laugh. Like I don't get poop grossed Island? out by poop. It's just like a place to talk it's about just like poop. Science. You eat food and you can't consume it all. It comes out of poop. Some the people poop it doesn't. Funny. I agree. I don't know if I won't make it through this segment. <laughs> um, Jess, I feel like I never pick you to go first. So let's go with you. You're going to be sorry. I've used this answer before, I believe, in the worst places for small talk. When you're on the table at the OBGYN. Oh, no. <laughs> Tables. I they just took ours. <laughs> Not cool. You don't want to have to pee then. I feel like you always pee right before, so that doesn't happen. Theoretically, but sometimes you don't know that you have to. And then if you are able to excuse yourself and go, you're wearing that gown and everyone can see your backside. Just Wouldn't it be easy access though? I mean, there's some built-in benefits. Yeah, maybe you just like go while you're sitting there. Oh, just no. saying. Oh, okay, I'm going first. I'm going next. Oh, there's so many good choices. <laughs> I will be selecting. Oh, there's so many good ones. A really long car ride, a road trip. Mm. You're in the middle of the highway. And you just got to go. This is one for women. It's a lot harder than for men. If you're not near a bathroom, it's really, really hard. Yeah, you yeah. can't have like a wide mouth or anything. So, <laughs> What? What? Bottle. Oh, yeah. no. So that, so like in a Gatorade container. Even, could, yeah. Listen. With the number twos. That's the... the With the, really? <laughs> I, I feel like that would be easier than peeing. You know how hard it is to pee in a cup? Going back to the doctor's? You could not poop in a cup hard. very easily. And I've got little brothers, and I was <laughs> on multiple road trips back in the day where they were going for the bottle, and they missed. That's why you lie, Mom. And that's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Greg, what's I your first pick? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with a, a stadium. It's oh, the most disgusting mm, thing. Terrible There's one. people puking everywhere. That's the only time that those actual toilets are used is for people puking into them. It's nice to pee because you got a trough, but... You don't want to have to go to Poop Island in a stadium. Yeah. And the we women, could have a trough. Yeah. The women are all going in those terrible stalls mm -hmm. and trying to squat, okay? Yeah. Our life is hard. It's terrible. Look. That's why we don't sports. Okay. Okay, so that was mine, but I have another one. Um, I'm going to go with a theme park. Kind of along the same lines. Gross bathrooms, a lot of people. Um, it's usually like the summer. <laughs> so it's not, it's not ideal conditions to... Uh, the tangled restrooms in the Magic Kingdom are pretty nice. Oh, covered yep. in hair. What about at like the fair? Like that's terrible. Probably gross. Yeah, something like that. Okay, what's your next pick? Serpentine draft. Oh, um, okay. How about while recording a podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is not ideal. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> we just go. When you have to cut and just run up those stairs, it's terrible. And you know, everyone's waiting for you. It's the worst feeling. Mm hmm. Okay, this this might be a worst draft ever. <laughs> I'm gonna take an outdoor festival. 
Mm. Yeah. That's terrible. Why is this the worst draft ever? Because they're all bad things all or because you hate places. the idea? Yeah, yeah. everyone's Both. just... Ugh. Yeah. Okay, my next choice... But you have to use a porta potty. Yeah. For that. I can't even go there. Do you know what I mean? It's like if it's an outdoor festival, there's no... And then anything, even if they try to bring nice ones in, people are just puking in them. That's why I don't go to outdoor Oh, festival. who pukes in a... Po- <clears throat> You're putting your... Yeah, just puke Mm-mm. in the field. Mm-mm. Okay, my next selection will be a public pool. It's terrible when like the floor's wet in there and you don't know what the water is and like the toilet seat's usually a little wet too. <laughs> and then like back in the day, do you remember being a kid and like your pee felt hot because the pool water was cold? <laughs> I have a really disgusting story. It's terrible. And it smells like wet bathing suit in those public pool bathrooms. It's what a terrible place to be. What is this? So one time that was on my list too because you're like sliding. One time when I was really little, I was at a public pool with my mother and I was like potty trained, but I was not big on wiping myself. Like we're talking poop now. And <laughs> I didn't mean to, I, to go here. I, I you said, absolutely no, did. Poop. Get out of here. You I absolutely had did. To poop and my mom sent me in and I decided everything was wet and I didn't want to wipe. And I sat on the toilet seat and screamed Donna Garfinkel, my mother's name, for like five solid minutes until somebody finally, like Good Samaritan, like went out and found who I was screaming for and she had to come in and wipe me. That's a really good so Samaritan. Traumatized by <laughs> Public pool. So you stole mine. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. I had water park, I but it's the same. So niche. Yeah. No, it's the same reason. You just it's slippery. Um, when you're sleeping comfortably. Yes. Nobody wants to wake up, have to pee, and know that they can't go back to sleep without getting up and peeing. Mm-hmm. And then you like the way worse times. No, no, no. Okay. There's no. Watch, I'm on top of you. Okay. <laughs> Especially when you're pregnant and you take that step out of bed uh, and you're back. It's over. It's over. Locks up. Okay, do my... I get, wait, do I get another one? Oh, I thought you just Serpentine? Didn't. Okay, sorry. No, you I just did. told a story. I told a shitty told story. A story. Oh, no, you didn't get the swimming pool. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I would say on a boat, but like not a cruise ship, just a boat, like your friend's speedboat. There's no toilet, so you're either jumping in or you're holding it. Yeah. That's not terrible, though, to jump in, but then you have More to like announce right. it to the group. Depends you if you're really on Lake close. Ontario or not. Okay, you think I'm going to pick airplane? No, I'm going to pick an airport. Because you have to have all of your carry-on luggage. And if you're alone, you have to figure out what you're going to do with it in the bathroom. Terrible they situation. These are all first world no, problems. No, if it's a rolling You have running suitcase. water in an airport toilet. Going, having a bad place to go to the bathroom is just a first world problem. It's a first world theme. Okay. What's your next choice, Greg? When you're going up in a plane about to jump out of it, going skydiving. I had to pee really bad, but imagine if you had to poop. Your only option <laughs> would be to poop on the person strapped to your back. That would be the worst. Did you do that? No, I just had to pee the whole time because I was nervous. Yeah, I feel like that was a nerve thing. But you, you don't like get to- nervous poops, though? That's a thing. I don't poop nervously now. Thank you were goodness. lucky. <laughs> like, Jess, I, I'm, I really I'm nervous specifically said no poop talk. I know, but I'm doing this for you. <laughs> I didn't know you skydived. Skydove. Yeah. Skydove. Yeah. <laughs> <Sky-doved. laughs> okay, Tables. I'm going to close this one out with uh, when you're on a party bus. So everybody's having a good time. You're on a party bus and nature calls. They don't have bathrooms on them, right? Some don't. So you have to like make everyone pull over. Some do, some don't. Like uh, a specific thought in my brain was like, if you take like a school bus to a concert or something like that. 
Oh, yeah. I've been on a bus and someone peed out the window. Yeah. Oh. It was so disrespectful to everyone Niagara on the road. County. <laughs> we were in the southern tier. Erie. <laughs> Cataraugus, maybe. That's terrible. You have one more? Wait. Yeah. I thought we were doing Serpentine. three. Yeah. Oh, How many are we four? doing? Four. Oh, shoot. Okay. The default is four. Do you need time? All you no, got to do is say a place. <laughs> all you got to do is say a place. Yeah, oh, this is the airport. Oh, the grocery store. <laughs> Everything stinks. Uh, the desert. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the desert must be so bad. All right. So before I went skydiving, I ate a hot dog. That was a bad move, too. Like ate that's one disgusting. little like, roller dog because that was all they had. And then Would you do it again? Now that I have kids, I can't. I have no need to go skydiving. Yeah. Um, okay, so another one that's bad is at the gym mid-workout. When you're at the gym, even in general, if you have a small gym and like it's a very close proximity, people are going to hear you and know what you're doing in there and Here smell. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're pooping at the gym, like you're going to like poop right by everybody. There's so many noises at a gym. Oh, it must yeah, be but bad. Like, but you're going to be, people are going to know you just like ruined your, all this workout. <laughs> and this like, when you're working out, that feeling gets amplified. So that's why it's way worse. I wouldn't know. That makes me think of an honorable mention. I've been getting into running a little bit and I twice have had to call my husband to pick me up at like mile one and a half. To poop? No, to <laughs> I told you no poop talk. Alright, what do you got? Where's your poop? Okay, shirt? my <laughs> final selection will be at a Regal Cinemas. First of all, <laughs> these are all like beautiful locations. No. First, <laughs> like, uh, first of all, <laughs> you gotta you miss have to have a ticket to use those restrooms. It's like yeah. limited access. You have to miss the movie. Second of fair, all, fair. it's just like that, like buttery popcorn. It's just not a good environment. Third of all, that mirror in the Regal Cinemas, when you go from like dark, dark mm. movie theater, you ne I never look worse in my life than I do in that Regal Cinemas bathroom movie theater. Yeah. So that's going to be my final selection. My final pick, and I'm sorry, Chef, I have to go poop with this because to, to do this and pee is fine if you are the only guest at someone else's house and you got to oh. go. It's not like a party when it could have been anyone. Yeah. It's you. That's rough. Yeah. Not that I would know. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone run through your list. <laughs> yes, you were first. Okay. Gyno table, on a boat, sleeping comfortably, and at someone else's house when you're the only guest. I've got road trips, public pools, airport bathrooms, and regal cinemas <laughs> nationwide. <laughs> I've got at a stadium, at an outdoor festival, attached to somebody going skydiving, and what was my last the one? Gym. The gym. Um, I have a theme park during a podcast, on a party bus, and in the desert. Oh, that desert. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let us know who you think has the best slash worst list. You got to use a cactus to wipe. <laughs> Ew. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. <laughs>